Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Benchtown TV. This is Jim, and I'm here today with Luke, Dave, and Brian. And we are back with one of our fan favorite Benchtown TV series, Pitchtown TV. In this series, a guest picks a pile of a show they love that a few of our hosts haven't seen. We watch it, and then the guest comes onto the pod and pitches the show, and everyone then discusses. At the end of the episode, we decide if we're going to binge immediately, add to the list, or sorry, bro, we're passing, and we have to give a reason why we are passing. We can't just say we're passing. So far, we've had some pretty darn good pitch towns with the OA, Winona Earp, Outlander, and next week we will have Manifest coming so if you guys want to watch that pilot beforehand, watch it this week. Manifest will be here next week. But today we have a very special guest on the pod, and his name is me. I am bringing this show to a pod. I've been waiting a while for it, and I am bringing The Last Kingdom. So first of all, I want to say thanks to the Facebook fan groups and the Reddit for basically telling us how bad they want us to cover this show, interacting with us. It is going to be a fun one, guys. So I am the only vet on this pod right now that has watched the show start to end. Brian, Luke and Dave, have you guys even seen anything at all before today? So I'll start here. Um, so this show first came out, what, like five or six years ago is when it premiered, maybe even more. 2015, I believe. So, so yeah, so six, seven. seven years ago. Yeah, um, I was always interested in it. And it was right around the time, I guess, Game of Thrones was kind of coming out of its peak. So I was watching this a little bit. I think I really only got two or three episodes in and it might have coincided with my hatred of Game of Thrones. And I really needed to step away from the genre a little bit. But <laughs> I just remember and I barely remembered anything going into rewatching yeah. the pilot. Like I kind of remembered a little bit, but not enough for, to keep me off as a rookie. I totally have no knowledge of the future. My dad has personally been pitching this yes. as one of his favorite shows of all time. And like I said, it's very in that Game of Thrones medieval. Maybe it doesn't have anything supernatural about right, it right. but it's like right in that genre and i've had enough time to breathe get over my game of thrones depression and i've been looking for an excuse to really start this show so i've had the last kingdom circled for pitch down forever and it's just so my type of show i know i'm just going to get obsessed with the politics of it and just obsessed with the theme like just in just the time period i should say and i also am really bad with my history when it comes to like european history like this so it's it's cool to actually like it's not like high fantasy. It's right. full. Yeah, it's historical fiction. Yeah. yeah, This is actually a book series written by Bernard Cornwell. And I want to say that I'm a vet, but forgive me because I'm not going to say the names right probably. And who knows if I'm going to get the historical part of it correct. But I'm a huge fan. Dave, I see you getting ready to talk. What's up? No, I was just going to say Cornwell. That's the author. Yeah. Bernard Sounds like Cornwell. an Anglo-Saxon name, am I right, guys? Well, there you go, dude. <laughs> yeah, so we are, no, from my background on the show, I mean, the only exposure I've ever had to the show is just like when Netflix is in like rest mode and like there's just like yeah. pictures scrolling across and Last Kingdom is just one that's... I feel like they only put their top shows in that like kind of preview or whatever's trending now kind of thing. So for it to be in there, it just already kind of speaks volumes to the fan base that it has. Um, I knew that it was going to be just a, a fantasy show. Um, but, no, not fantasy. Or, not, sorry, fantasy. not fantasy. Yeah, uh, historical fiction. But I'm super excited. The episode was amazing. I'm really excited to get into it. Yeah, and that brings us to me. So I didn't think I had ever watched this show, but when we hit the battle sequence, I had seen that battle scene before, but mm -hmm. it got me really excited for it because it was a good one. I don't want to talk about that until a little bit later, though. Uh, other than that, I don't know the story at all. Um, Luke, I think you're right. It was in the wake of Game of Thrones, and I just couldn't do it because mm -hmm. it was still so sour in my mouth. So what are you going to do? That said, I'm really excited that it's a historical fiction piece. I think it's going to really differentiate itself from Game of Thrones in my head because there's mm -hmm. no fantasy. I can just take it for what it is these are real humans you know they're fictionalized versions of actual events that happen and i think the setting was really really good uh great britain was wet and foggy and gritty mm -hmm. and it just it this pilot just looked really good and i think they achieved what they were trying to get so i have two initial questions and then we can just start getting to whatever so first last season's about to come out or it or it just yes. came out right has it fifth has it season final season it should be airing sometime hopefully first half of 2022 we're okay. not positive yet 
that's fucking awesome. That's just like my cup of yep. tea. We don't have to wait anything. It's going to be all out. There's yep. no chance of cancellation. Perfect time. And I also this. believe that there's a movie that they're going to allow to finish everything up. Ah, you know, a little so like Peaky Blinders? We'll allow it. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We give I, it the stamp I, of approval. Yeah, there we go. We'll allow it. <laughs> um, and then my other question was, I wanted to know if this is, like how historically accurate are we talking in terms of big picture events and i don't know if you guys have the answer specifically you jimmy like is it like spartacus where we know the end goal of like the spartacus rebellions that were so famous where like all the slaves end up getting slaughtered and the the rebellion gets stuffed out is there an end goal that we should know if we were privy to the historical to, to european history like we know like there's zero chance that anything good happens for the Saxons or the Danes. Sorry, I should say, because, you know, eventually they're not going to be there in England. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's historical fiction, but like, I mean, I don't know necessarily that Uhtred is a person you can look up. I have no idea, to be honest. OK, I don't so know. I any did history look up anyway, Uhtred. So. <laughs> there was a guy named Uhtred the Bold. After five minutes of looking at his page, it looked like it's loosely based off him. Right. Uh, but to kind of clarify what Luke was getting at, there is not a known documented story of Uhtred, this exact right. guy. That's yeah, being that's what I mean. Yeah. Presented like storming a castle. And that's how he mm -hmm. died. Like, that's how this series is going to end. So a lot of creative freedom where Spartacus was kind of put into a box where it had to hit a certain point so i do like that again i don't know anything about the history anyway so even if it was accurate it wouldn't mean anything to me but just curious speaking of sparty do you guys get a little sparty vibes from the opening title scene sequence oh yeah, yeah. the opening <laughs> title definitely yeah it's so funny because I'm, i've been watching a lot of anime recently and I'm so used to just skipping just the recently. Intro. Yeah, recently, <laughs> the past 25 years, picking it, like getting more and more back into it again. Um, but it's funny because I always skip the intros in anime because they always have spoilers in them. And it's just oh, nice. Okay. I so I was like about to skip the Last Kingdom intro. But I was like, oh, wait, like this is cool because it, I was getting Game of Thrones vibe because I hadn't seen Spartacus because it showed right, right. a little bit of the map and what places were going to be burned. And like the map was burning a little bit. So mm -hmm. um, it was a cool intro. Definitely. Now let's talk about the person that is not on the pod today. She's feeling unwell and her name is Kathleen. And let's just throw this out there. I'm pretty sure Kathleen would say pass on this first episode. Do you guys agree? Just the absolute disrespect in her text that she sent. Yep. She sent to us saying that she was feeling sick, but I only got five minutes in and so I fell asleep. So I probably wouldn't have liked it. Just disrespectful. Kathleen, for, yeah. for anyone who doesn't know Bingetown, Kathleen is notoriously against shows that have anything to do with religion. And you guys can tell from the very start of this episode that it has a lot to do with religion mm -hmm. and it being historical fiction, I wanted Kathleen to be on this so that she could say she was going to pass and I could argue with her. But <laughs> but I honestly do think that if she didn't pass and got through the show and started watching it, she would like it. But I was rewatching the pod and I was like, Kathleen's going to pass on this if she's on this episode. But guess what? She's not. So <laughs> sounds like we're just going to be praising it then. So. I mean, this episode is a lot of backstory. I forgot how much we don't see our, our main character, Alexander Draymond Uhtred, son of Uhtred, the actual actor who's going to play adult Uhtred. It's a lot of the younger Uhtred, Osbert, as they call him, when we first start the episode. Mm -hmm. And I got like halfway through and I was like, oh, my gosh, we need to see my boy. I need them to see my boy so they don't pass on this. Not that I thought you guys are going to specifically pass without him, but mm -hmm. um What'd you guys think of the young actor playing Uhtred? Because he got a lot of praise for this pilot episode. I was pretty impressed with how bold they were to not have the main actor be in it for the whole pilot, basically yeah. to the last like 10, 15 minutes. But in hindsight, now that we're about to be five seasons in and that's going to be the completed project with potentially a movie, that's so worth it to put oh, in, yeah. you know, 40 minutes of backstory of just him as a kid and just showing most lesser shows would have made that a five to 10 minute montage before skipping ahead. So I really right. appreciate that. And I, I did think that the kid had a great performance as young Uhtred, but I'm not going to lie, man, my boy in the future, he looks, he looks He's like a man. young Brad Pitt, man. He looks yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think a big part of the show is going to be his struggle between Saxon and Danish heritages. And they yep. had to spend that time to, mm -hmm. Uh, kind of establish his roots as a Saxon and kind of show what his father figure was in the King. Ut oh my gosh. Utrecht, Jesus. Yeah. He was King. Yeah, Utrecht he's former kid until yeah. he died. 
Where was I going with that? I don't know. They had to establish <laughs> that this about? dude was Saxon and they did a good job at that. Uh, exactly, Luke. Just agreeing with your point. Yeah, I mean, they did a great job with the whole showing that he's literally nothing to his dad. He's just the second son. But let's talk about this, the episode coming in hot with the actual Uhtred. His dad tells him when the Danes are showing up on the shore just to go watch. Don't attack. Don't do anything. And that little hot-headed bastard had to say something to our badass Danes. And he got his head chopped off and thrown right at his dad's fortress. Yeah, what a little twerp. What is this kid thinking? Come on, bro. He was getting so heated. He's what did he say? We'll meet sword with sword. And it's like that was the yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. He said we'll meet sword. Oh, we have yeah. God on our side. Yeah. I was like, this guy is renounced dead. the pagans. <laughs> I know Luke's favorite thing about shows is the Game of Thrones will kill anybody effect. Mm-hmm. And well, how many people did we kill this episode? <laughs> no, <laughs> I thought could have been main characters. Yes, I totally thought. Uh, what, what was the, his adopted dad's Ragnar. name? Ragnar. Yeah, Ragnar. Ragnar. I thought he was just going to be a mainstay forever, but I think it's probably going to be because, like I said, I saw I think I saw like half of episode two in the past. I'm pretty sure the uh, Rag Ragnar's Ragnar. son. Yeah, yeah, young Ragnar. He's going to probably be a more main character. And I'm totally fine with that because he seems like he's going to be awesome, especially by his like little interaction with young Uhtred. He seemed kind of compassionate. So I hope that they don't butt heads and they're just, you know, the same team because I'm totally team Dane. The repeating names was so hard for me at first. Like they kept saying Uhtred for multiple, like different people. Then there was like young Ragnar, Ragnar. Mm -hmm. And then like it sounded like they called the area in which they are staying Ragnar, too. And I'm just like, what? Like, what does all this mean? It was so confusing (laughs) for me. But it's it's literally like any kind of fantasy or kind of show like Game of Thrones, for example. It's Mm -hmm. like Tyrion, Tywin. Everyone's getting thrown at you at once and they they all sound the same. And and then you start to love the show and you get used to it. and, And then, you know, everybody by heart. That yeah. was the exact comment I was going to make is just the episode one. The only issue with these kinds of things is just like getting character names down. It was just it was really tough. And especially with ones that are just as like ancient and European as these ones are, mm-hmm. it just makes it that much more difficult. So I did want to comment on the kid, too. I, I thought he really like even while I was watching, I was like, wow, this kid's doing a really excellent job. The only issue I had was like those quick like scene to scene changes that there were like many time skips happening like that was just like the only thing i was confused about because it was like in one moment the kid's family his anglo-saxon parents and family is all killed and then in like he meets the old man and then like the next scene he's like playing with the kids and like happy and everything so i had a little trifle with that it just made it hard for me to understand uh his development so it's the specific scene you're talking about is in between when he is the scene, whatever happens right before he meets the kid version of Sven yeah. and then the Sven thing, because at that point he's already like full Dane, like has back and forth with the parents and stuff. And mm-hmm. like they give him a little bit of freedom. So he's not like a full on slave, even though they refer to Uhtred and Britta. Brita. Brita. Well, I think he's still a full on slave. They're just not assholes to him anymore. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So he's still a slave at this point and he's not really their homie until he saves his adopted sister actually Dave was just saying it was confusing that because it did feel like there was a time skip that isn't shown because the kid's so young yeah I mean the deal is that you know he's obviously upset that he gets taken and he's upset that his dad dies but he admits to Raven another guy who dies and he's awesome Mm -hmm. you know I loved his character as well he admits to him that his dad didn't like him and then you could tell that they liked him meaning the Danes because he was they say you're a warrior and then we have that time skip and you know it's one of those things where he feels like now even though he's a slave he has a home and people that actually will you know talk to him the only person who would really talk to him in the fortress when he was at quote unquote home as Osbert or Uhtred was father Bianca was the only real one who was nice to him and I guess even his mom is not his mom and he says that in the beginning of the episode as well and you'll get more of that later. But I guess he feels more at home with the Danes. But yeah, there is a little bit of a time skip. And they just want you to see that he's starting to be more acclimated with the family. And it's yeah, believable, so, too, because yeah. he did not really fuck with his whole original family. Yeah. Right. I want to keep going there. What are our thoughts on his original family and just kind of the notable people that we met in Bebenberg? We have kind of the priest. Did you guys all think that his father, Uhtred, was 
just a bad character and mean and had no redeemable qualities. Cause like I did not that get that impression. I thought he was, he was intelligent. He was a good leader. Like even the Danish Vikings had a respect for him. They were just like, that was restraint. Like he's not an idiot. The other two Kings are idiots. I don't, I think yeah, it's I easy for young Uhtred to think, yeah, my father didn't like me. I think King Uhtred was just stern and strict on him because he knows I'm grooming this kid in a world that is very hard to survive in. I need to be tough on him. We got Vikings knocking at our door like this kid's going to be a king and he's trying to charge into battle on his freaking pony. I just lost my last kid. Like I ain't playing games no more. Mm -hmm. I'm with you, Beats. I'm like, we we only really get that negative father side. And like, there was like one quote he said to when he uh, yells at him when he yells yeah. at him and, but i agree beats i didn't mind the father character yeah he was a little stern but he did come off to me as like an intelligent person like everyone had respect for him like when he came back to the village and he started telling everyone to like do things everyone was completely obedient like it looked mm-hmm. like he's they... freaking stannis before the heel turn man i mean that's a perfect way up. to describe okay i was gonna say a more stern ned stark so that's yeah very i mean yeah, it's I, right along the same lines yeah the way that i took it with utrid meaning osbert at when he's little is that like you said, his dad, meaning Uhtred, is all about like his duty. I mean, he's Stannis. Like I said, he's all about his duty. He's all about, you know, the kingdom or whatever you want to say. And at the time, his heir is the first Uhtred and his second son, Osbert, isn't really anything to him. He doesn't need him. Um, I think that's what Uhtred felt. I'm not saying that that's how it really was, but that's how I can get felt. that. I just think we only have the point of view of what a six-year-old Uhtred, well, that's what I'm your saying. dad's yeah, that yeah. stern and strict that's all you're gonna say like my dad didn't favor me mm-hmm. i think in a couple scenes the dialogue suggests that he cares very very much about him because he's he goes to the priest he's like make sure he knows who he is what our people are like make sure he's ready for this yeah i don't know i think he's just a protective speaking stern of the priest, figure speaking of the priest anyone want to say anything or what Professor Quirrell from Harry Potter and the no Sorcerer's Stone. No way. <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, man. Ian Hart. Didn't Damn. catch that. But I actually really like him. Anyone who's going to be like a, a fatherly figure to our young protagonist that like doesn't actually have a good father, you know, I always I'll support that guy. So my question was going to be, though, did we see him die? I can't remember, actually. No, like, he's, yeah, he's alive. alive. So, yes. So that question of mine was going to tie into what you were talking about, B. Tom's, with his... Uh, contradicting of like is he going to be anglo-saxon is he going to side with the danes you know like that battle internally um i think if he does make an appearance again that like him being so caring and nice to him is might have him come back to that anglo-saxon side of him to come back to him so his last on-screen appearance in the pilot was in the ransom scene right where he essentially instructs him go to wessex find their king they're good christian men i will meet you there so i'm thinking where this pilot ends like the first crossroads that he's going to find is i need help taking bebenberg should i see young ragnar in ireland for some backup or should i go to wessex find this priest for some saxon backup i personally think wessex is endgame stuff because i what i really liked in this episode too was early on when we get introduced to the vikings uh young uther uthrid is uh like just uthrid sorry (laughs) is just captured and they're making this one soldier or this one viking is making a comment he's like first we're going to capture this city and then we're going to go on to this one this one this one and then finally Wessex, which yep. is like the big one, and they emphasize that a little bit more throughout the episode that Wessex is going to be the big kingdom. But ah, oh, no, they say it's going to be it's the last, last kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah, the last, the last <laughs> of course. But where I was going with that is it just kind of sets the stones for the story going forward. You know, like just generally thinking, you could you know this season will focus on the that first kingdom they mentioned. The second one will focus on the next. You know, that's just where my mind's at. But okay, I really like okay. how they set the stones up like right now. Like we have a plan and this is our plan. We're going to take each of these kingdoms one by one and then we're going to take Wessex. I just absolutely love that I have zero things spoiled for me besides the fact that Uhtred's still alive in season five. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I have no idea if this show is going to go the route of slowly building up Uhtred as a king and a potential king, I should say, because he is going to probably take back his spot from his uncle. They could just go the complete opposite way where they, while we're having Uhtred rise with young Ragnar being his ally and him being on Team Dane, we're also going to be seeing the rise of his uncle who's trying to say, like, take away all of his claims to the throne and stuff like this. Right. Because I can't tell if the uncle 
is going to be important enough to carry over past this season? Because right now it just seems like the only thing that matters to Uhtred is about getting his revenge for his accepted father being uh, Ragnar and, yeah. and just murdering his uncle. Cause I could see that being a season one thing, but mm-hmm. I could also see that playing into the whole series, yep. which would require a lot more screen time and a lot more background on the uncle himself. Cause I feel like we don't know anything about him besides the fact that he's basically like freaking like, you know, Jafar from Aladdin, like trying to run shit, <laughs> yeah. trying to run he's, shit from behind the real King and now stepping up he's scar from the Lion King. Exactly. Dude. Like I, I can't tell yet. And I don't want to put a guess out there yet because I don't want to sound stupid. You will in the next like 20 minutes. Yeah, or so, I'm going to have that. to ask you to <laughs> times you were holding in something there for a while. Did you have something to say you were, I was talking and you had something, you had your finger up. No, I forgot it because I was violently agreeing with Luke's point <laughs> that he was just making. I was like nodding my head like, my guy, yes. I could not decide whether the uncle was going to be a season one because a very realistic goal for Uhtred is take back Bebenberg by the end mm-hmm. of season one. Right. Then he can pivot on to better things. But like he said, he's kind of got some depth to him. Like he could be like a four or five season long antagonist if he keeps falling back to Wessex or something. And right, I will yeah, say, no. I got more and more confident as I was talking because I was watching B Tom's like agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dave, to your point here, where you were talking about the conversation where they're saying, you know, if we're going to conquer this, then this, then this, then this, then we're hitting up Wessex and we're taking it over and it's the last kingdom. What are your thoughts on the fact that that conversation happened when he's a kid and now he's an adult? So there is a time jump. Do you think that they made some progress? I mean, what are you I thinking? Even, I didn't even actually process that i think i'm sure they made some progress i don't know per se it was so hard again for me to get the names of like cities and people down so i'm not sure it could have easily went over my head that in a conversation when he's older that they were talking like maybe oh like we just captured here it's time to move on right 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 um like i said i do love that they put those like hints in here like we just we just have the the full show plan in this first episode so we know Mm -hmm. kind of what to expect a little bit yeah. So and before we get into our adult Uhtred, our boy, let's talk about everything we can while he's a kid. So we have Father Bianca here and we, we have the relationship between the two of them. This is the first time and I, I'm cutting myself off here because I know how Kathleen Felthor and Winona Herbs pitched down because I have nobody on my side here that actually knows anything else about the show. And it's so hard not to say anything when you guys are making your theory. So. Trying not to say anything, but we have Father Bianca. He seems like he's going to be the homie for Utrid. There is a time jump, you know, but you know, we'll see if they still have some kind of relationship or if they can still have some kind of relationship. Is Father Bianca still with the uncle at this point? Because we know that he was telling Utrid, young Utrid, that the uncle was trying to kill him all this time later. Are they still going to be together? But you know, we see that there's a, a very important thing that's going on with Utrid and Father Bianca about Bianca teaching him how to read and write and how it's very important to read and write. And I think it's fair to say, and it's not a major spoiler, that throughout this show, this is going to be kind of a big deal. It's a historical fiction, and they're trying to like bring this into the fold where you are like actually making history. You're actually writing things down and keeping his historical notes, you're writing letters, just like Bianca said, somebody bringing a message could change throughout the traveling. The person could change it. The memory could be different. Mm-hmm. Anything could be different. So we know the Game of Thrones effect where, you know, there's a lot of traveling. You're, there's a lot of time jumps. It's very interesting. Do you know if that's a criticism at all in like the general public? Like, do people say that there is good is there jetpacking like there is in Game of Thrones towards the end? Or do you think it's it's pretty believable? And like as the show goes on, do you have a better map in your head? Or is it not really going to go that they, route? They're very good at letting you know every single time you show up somewhere, that subtitle shows up and tells you where you're at. And when they're traveling, you do find out where they're going every time. When they get there, you know. There is jetpacking a little bit, but to be honest, like they show a lot of traveling, like early Game of Thrones. So a lot of the story is the traveling. Mm -hmm. And we have the map for reference from the intro. So shout out to Last Kingdom for putting that in there. We should talk a little bit more about Brita too, because she's been there since the beginning as well, like throughout the whole childhood. Is the first time we see her just like she's them in the... picking her, picking through all the slaves, all the survivors, and picking who was going to yeah. be slaves, right? Yeah, she's okay. a little girl. Yeah. 
so we don't really get her fleshed out in her youth i don't think i was gonna say she was nothing she was just a slave who we see early on that her and utrid had an unspoken like bond just because they were both young children taken in by these vikings and they had no idea so we get that connection even as an adult, she didn't make an impact on me. Like she's she's not like a standout character to me. Yeah, she's definitely. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. also, she was pretty clutch when Utrid unwisely just went charging in. I need to kill someone. She was just like, Nah, dude. Like you're not gonna get your revenge today. Like let's we tell the story. We'll regroup. We'll get it another day. I also voice like that. of reason. But Trust I'm glad me, Breed is Breed is the homie. Yeah, I like Breed. I'm gonna say. I love the, uh, might be getting a little sidetracked here, but I like the poeticness of this first episode we get with how they keep reiterating we need to tell the story because obviously this historical fiction. So, you know, it's really cool that they keep hammering it home that this is a story and it needs to be told how we see it. And I also like the poeticness of when young Uhtred, Osbert, seeing older brother's head get dropped in front of the castle and then later on him doing the exact same thing that was really cool so very Mm -hmm. poetic but yeah brita she obviously will be a mainstay character i hope and uh right now she didn't make too much of an impact on me not many characters did besides the ones that are dead unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) what about abba like that's the name that was super impactful that's just the name that he's the big guy like that's what raven calls him Abba's crazy. Yeah. yeah. He's got the tattoo on the side of his face to ring in a bell. Yeah. Oh, okay. there, yes, babe. yes. Tattoo on the side of his face <laughs> like, is ringing a bell. Clearly yes. going to be he's the, the big dog. He's the, yeah, he's, yeah, the, big he's dog, the big dog. Right, right. Yeah, he's following the religious person. Got it. Yep. Stoli. Is that his name? It might be a different religious person if they fast forward. In the flashback, he's like Stoli. Like yep. he yep. takes advisement from someone. Uh, I do have two more things I want to say about young Ragnar. One, I appreciated that even before he got captured by the Danes, he slips oh, in a young, line. Young, young uh, Uhtred, you said Ragnar. Young Uhtred, thank yeah. you. Uh, he slips in a line even before he gets captured by the Danes. He says, oh, I heard Woden and Noden are the same thing. Essentially suggesting that he already had doubts about like the Saxon religious system. Um, mm-hmm. and was kind of sympathetic like oh yeah thor's cooler than our gods whatever uh what was my other point oh we don't know who young utrid's mother is and they yes. made a point to highlight that because utrid says oh get him out of here he has his mother's tongue and he's just like she's not my mom yep yeah that's gonna be a thing but that oh, also and he also said uh my dad was humping the slaves again <laughs> yeah. something like that yeah Which the servant girl or something yeah yeah, yeah the, the servant girl, girl. I believe, uh, but there's no way it's not a plot point. His mom's going to be someone who we probably don't expect it to be. And that's all I know. But it can't be someone we met yet. Oh, it could be. Unless it was how it couldn't have been a Dane. That's not on the table, right? Well, if the only female Dane would be totally is on that, the would, table. that would be Ragnar's wife, who's dead. That that's he, of the age. The dad fucked it's a Dane who wasn't Not, in the okay. country. It for, would, yeah. and then <laughs> well, I mean, he's it. eight yeah, or yeah. something at the time. Okay, you know. okay. Look, I wasn't, I wasn't getting that spe- specific, but yes, it's possible yeah. in general. Look, I think the evidence suggests that it is a non-Saxon person because what's his face said he was humping the servant girls again. I take something from that. And a servant yeah. girl, a slave would be someone who wasn't Saxon, a war prisoner or something like that. So if he was fucking the help. It probably wasn't a Saxon, could have been a Dane. You You also have to remember, too, that he does have a wife right now, and she's the super religious one. The one that was with Father Bianca when he baptized Osbert into Uhtred. I was that looked like such a fun baptism. (laughs) Yeah, right. Behold your people. They're just applauding for him. I'd be like, yeah. So other people we meet when Uhtred's a kid is obviously it's going to be important to talk about Sven and Sven's dad. Kjartan. Sven has potential to also be just the complete rival for the whole series kind of character because he already hates Uhtred because he basically is probably going to put all the blame on Uhtred himself for having lost his eye and getting punished. And then the dad obviously probably reinforced the hatred as they grew up and they conspired against their uh, fellow Danes this whole time as he's working with Uhtred's uncle. So like, there's a lot there to just keep him and as like a mainstay faction of like um, anti Dane Danes, right? So Sven just feels like someone that's going to be there forever, and we're going to hate the shit out of him I, by like th- three episodes in. Definitely team <laughs> fuck Sven. That's like yeah. the one confirmation I can say right now, without a doubt in my mind, is fuck Sven. That guy sucks. I even like 
his father, yes, towards the end, obviously I, he sucked. I hated him, but like early on when we get introduced to him, I felt really bad for him because, you know, Uhtred and uh, Ragnar show up to his farm and he's pleading with him. He's like, dude, he's like just a kid. Like he's going through that phase. Like what he did was definitely unforgivable and like that shit will resonate but like he got banished for it and it's like this just might be very like just dane like the dane way and it's just very harsh and it's just hard for me to believe that they just don't sympathize with these people but like he got the short end of the stick man like he got banished for something his like 10 year old son did and then don't agree with the uh danish penal system (laughs) Uh, no but like Fuck his arson too, because by the end he obviously killed Ragnar. So, yeah, so I don't like him, but I felt bad for him in the moment. But now I, I just want him dead too. Yeah, I mean, I think in the beginning you are supposed to feel how you felt, Dave, and then as the episode goes on, you see that he's going behind everyone's back or his his side's back, the Dane side, to talk to the uncle, and then he obviously is the one who kills everybody, and it's all been brewing for however many years, I guess ten or eight or whatever it is just to get his revenge and he literally burns down and kills almost all of our main characters from the beginning of this episode mm-hmm. that was just crazy. I, I got a good question now for us rookies here i want something on the board here for who you think now that we've talked about a couple of these characters who do you think lasts longer sven or utrid's uncle mm. sven uh i just think I don't know. I don't really have a reason. I just think he just feels <laughs> he's he is more of a rival to our main character. I would say it seems like Utrid is prioritizing taking back Bebenberg. So for that reason, I will say he will probably deal with Alfric before he gets to Sven and uh, Kjartan. Mm-hmm. However, if Sven and Kjartan are banished, they may kind of still be hanging around with Alfred and Bebenberg. Like maybe they went to him for protection in exchange for the information. Maybe he is like a steward of him, whatever. So we could take them all out in one fell swoop, which would be awesome. But it seems like Sven is a separate thing. So Alfred will be dead first. Okay. I agree with both of you. I think Sven's going to definitely be the one that lasts longer. I guess the reasoning being, I think it's a more interesting storytelling um path of just having Sven and Uhtred keep getting like one up on each other because I'm sure like Sven's gonna have some leverage over Mm -hmm. Uhtred and like make him hate him all over again at some point in their adulthood then it's gonna go back and forth I don't think Sven's gonna die easily I think Sven's dad will die significantly before Sven himself but yeah I think the uncle might just be a season one thing the more we talk about it Uther also doesn't know that he has Tyra captive because that would be Utrid. Utrid, oh my god, dude! How many ways oh, I haven't like written correctly in my notes and stuff. I don't know why it just hasn't been working. Utrid doesn't know that he yes. has Tyra, so there's no like urgency and exactly in taking as him far out. as Utrid knows, she's dead. Which is a shame for Tyra. Yeah. I want to say, like, the moment of fleeting hope that she would have when she spotted Utrid walking <laughs> through the camp, like, she would have a 10 seconds of, oh my God, this kid might save me. Like, I might not be Sven's pet for the next 20 years. And then, like, lost. Yep. She's not, it's not happening. He didn't I, see me. I Boom. felt so terrible because at first like it didn't process to me that he assumed that she was dead i just was like well how did he not notice her but i guess he's you know he's not really looking for her because he assumes she's dead he's just looking for the target that he's trying to kill yep exactly Um, i just really hope that someone can save her before all the horrible things start to happen to her that's just all i really want A true crime series investigating mysterious unsolved cases. Real people, real stories, real crimes. Earlier today, human remains were discovered, consistent with the description of Gabrielle Gabby Petito. It's been so heavy on everybody's shoulders, you know, not knowing. Um, My mother passed away not knowing, and that was her biggest wish, was to find out. Said, I miss her, and I promise I'm not going to stop till till it's solved. I know Brian Enton was here trying to talk to people and people won't talk, they're scared. People want a resolution and that's why there's conspiracy theories, but you just have to remember there's families for both of them. 
oh, I feel we're getting really close. Unless, of course, the leads that I'm pursuing end up being a dead end, but you don't know until you hit that dead end, right? Tune in to Speaking of Crime with your hosts, Gia and John. Available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. We are at Speaking of Crime on Instagram and Facebook and at Crime Speaking on Twitter. Yeah, all right. So last thing, let's talk about one more thing with Young Utrid. Maybe two, but the the first thing is we didn't really get to talk about this battle scene. Mm -hmm. So let's let's do it. Brian, you talked about it for a second, but let's get into it. Are you opening the floor to me? Because I anybody I have a nice nice paragraph here like this 15 minute battle sequence was better than the entire Battle of Winterfell. It was it was gritty, realistic, made me physically like anxious, pinned my stomach the whole time as Uhtred was like putting it together like they they conceded the high ground. Why did they do that? There should be more people, even if we outnumber them and just seeing like how clueless all the dumb idiots around them were because they're all just uneducated dudes living in the middle of mud like (laughs) battle of the bastards and battle of winterfell had like a way larger scale and a lot more theatrics and it was like a big production this was real they were in the middle of this like wooded clearing mud it was like very tight proximity to like it just happened so quick one side was prepared, executed their plan. The shield wall was unbelievable and yep. it was so simple and it was it was just so perfectly executed. It was it made me feel stuff. 10 out of 10 for me. I'm going to pick up where you were just leaving off beat times. I completely agree with just the realism of it just because in like Game of Thrones, like Britannia, like all these shows, you know, you have your your huge army it's like laying across all these like hills and land and you know you got your other enemy on the far side of the like the field you know and you rush into each other this like they look we get the walk up they're yep, literally within yep. 30 feet of each other and the guy's like kill them all and i'm just yep. like this is so barbaric it's just like you war in this this made me more so than any other show made me think like war back in this day would be the absolute fucking worst yeah because you're just going into just you don't even know what you're getting into and then like you said becomes the shield wall shout out to 300 that i like i was waiting <laughs> for that to come to i just i was i had a feeling and they just started stacking the shields and i was like these guys are so fucked it's not even funny. yeah and then like now, they were getting pushed back they were like the commander was like, oh, ease up. And, you know, yep. they took the high ground. They're like, oh, they're getting pushed back. Let's They're go. getting tired. Yeah. Like, you guys are fucked. But this it was really good. battle scene, to your guys' point, was so realistic that it almost seemed wrong because we're so used to the theatrics and everything. Like, when they walk up and they're just kind of walking up to the shields and King Uchir, you know, the, the father, is slowly walking up and i'm just like this is this is awkward this is weird yeah, this is awkward. and then he's yeah. just like let's go and he does like that's how it should look but yeah. obviously we're talking about game of thrones and the huge theatrical you know battle scenes where they're like charging at each other or whatever it is but that's exactly how it would be if there's a shield wall standing there and they're just trying to figure out what's good and they're just walking slowly up to the shield wall like it was it was great it was phenomenal I like that um, Uhtred's dad, to put a little bit more respect on his name in the same vein as you guys saying that you liked him a lot, he was very aware of the fact that they should not have prematurely charged with the reinforcements that they did. Like the other two kings that are claiming ownership over um, Northumbria, too, because I think there was three of them. They decided to unite, and I think they all die. Um, Like that was cool because he was like, whoa, 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 we got to relax. Like this is too easy, basically. So that was cool. And I do like I didn't expect I should say I don't know if I like it or not, but I didn't expect at all that. Is it Abba? Abba, yeah. Abba was the kind of person that I totally pegged as someone that would be on the front lines, like a warrior, like savage. The fact that he was kind of sitting back and they had a plan and he was following and executing it to a T. Like he seems more than just a one dimensional warrior, just hothead. And I totally think he's going to bring up like the most, if there's going to be any drama between Uhtred and other Danes going forward, I think it's going to, he's going to be the center of it mostly because like he's a hothead a little bit, but uh, also because of the religious thing. I I think they made it a point a couple of times throughout this episode that 
a man that follows religion is the most unpredictable and like you mm-hmm. can't you know so that's going to be cool uh but yeah i don't have anything else to say about the battle but i do want to talk about raven rap robin again if we're yeah uh, if we're good there yeah, oh, we good. can move on to Robin. Did you guys get uh, three-eyed Raven vibes? Because holy shit, yeah, man. man, he looks like him. He's blind. This guy was the man, and he literally is named Raven almost. Yep. Yeah. I was yep. like, this guy is the three-eyed Raven. Yep, <laughs> and he is Ragnar's father. He is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or and would it be the wife's father? I only said that because he refers to Ragnar as his son, so I guess it's a little unclear. Could be either. I think it's the wife's father, but I actually don't quote me on that. Facebook groups, Reddit, hit us up, let us know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. But right from the start, he's great. Ragnar trusted him like he thought he kind of liked this slave Saxon that he was bringing in. Trusted just set him down with his blind father. Says like, ah, no man's gotten the best of you yet. The interaction that he has where he's just like, hey, if you live, you're going to want to know the ropes. Like who's dying down there? Yeah. That king. Wasn't a very good king if he didn't die well. Like, yep. look at the big guy there. Don't cross him. Uh, king Egbert, he's the king of nothing. <laughs> Egbert, yeah. nothing king. I loved just like, so Ragnar leaves Uhtred with him and he's like, you know, you're the only one that would be able to talk to him or something like that. Something along those lines of like, people just seem to get a connection to you. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he does with Uhtred is he hands him the knife and he says, be careful with the knife. It's sharp enough to kill a man. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, from everything, it just felt like a really great moment because just right off the bat, this this old man is putting his faith into this child who just watched his family get murdered by these people. And they're all celebrating and just like hanging his like relatives, potentially like from the rafters. And he literally tells him, like, you could kill a man with this. Yeah. And he just knows that he's not going to act out on it. Just like that level of trust. I just that was for me a really, really powerful line just straight up Ramsey, Ramsey Bolton and Reek yeah. <laughs> shave, shave me Reek shave me yeah my gosh. but yeah Ra- Raven's the man it's a shame like he's definitely somebody I wanted more of and mm-hmm. it is definitely a shame that we lo- we lost him in this episode but yeah like you said Dave I love that scene cut me off a piece of chicken hands on the knife they start going all over everything that's going on downstairs and then he says you know I know I know why they saved you now you're a warrior kid mm-hmm and our was, boy is a warrior. That was a great interaction. That might have been like, besides like the, the fighting scenes, like that might have been my personal favorite, just like small interaction of the episode. But let's talk about that real quick, because this is another rookie question. Um, Uhtred gets referred to as a warrior constantly, and but we haven't seen him really fight yet. We know he's willing to kill whoever it takes. He's, he's stealthy and he can assassinate. But do we think this is going to be the kind of show where like he is a great, great fighter? Or is it going to be more realistic based where it's, the scenario kind of always matters? It's not going to be like Uhtred's just the best swordsman or warrior there is. I can't really tell yet because we haven't actually seen adult Uhtred have a real fight yet. But I'm assuming based on the man's physique, just like his his <laughs> reputation as a kid as a warrior, like people call him a warrior all the time. He's probably just going to be the best fighter ever. That's what I was going to say. It's just because of how willing he was to pick up a sword when he was not only with the Anglo-Saxons, but even with um, the Danes all the time, he was willing to fight and always was looking for a trainer. And I think he's just that kind of person who's just going to work his ass off to become mm-hmm. the best. And that's what I took him as. And yeah, what a young Ragnar to train him at the sword. He's like, bro, we're not training yeah. your freaking slave. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like that too because I, I had the. It took me a second. I'm a little slow with those kind of things, but it took me a second. And I was like, why wouldn't they train the slaves? And it's like, oh well, obviously they would just. Rebel bro, have you back. seen Spartacus? Yeah, yeah, right. I actually have not. So yeah, but yeah, they would revolt. Revolt. Yeah, he asked Ragnar, and Ragnar says, "We don't train slaves." But then after Uhtred saves his now sister Tyra from Sven he gains their respect and then Ragnar basically adopts him and he says I bought you and you are like a son to me and then later you hear him say I love you like I love young Ragnar so you would think that they trained him but and that that doesn't mean he's the man but that like that comment body. right there makes me <laughs> a tiny tiny bit nervous because I don't want the fact that the father genuinely loved Uhtred to be a reason that young Ragnar grew to dislike him, maybe mm. because of like, you know, like foreigner being pulled into the family. He's not a real Dane. I could totally see it going that way. I'm just begging 
that young Ragnar treats I like a full brother. Yeah, yeah, I hope they're brothers. Yeah, because he is, I don't know, he's probably the most excited character I am to see again and like find out the state of where that path's going to go. Like, I'm looking forward to him. I don't think he got enough lines in this episode, but he also seemed very charismatic too. And I'm not sure how much they're going to age him up because he did seem like he was already probably like, late 20s 10 years older so yeah, yeah exactly i don't know if they if they even have to care because of that if he's 28 or 38 who cares but yeah right yeah. while we're on the subject of ragnar let's just get into that second family death scene because this was crazy for me i was telling these guys at the beginning of the podcast before we started clicking and they were like no nah, this gotta be safe for the pod but <laughs> usually we get the death of the family like the immediate family in the end of the first episode we got it for our, our young Osbert at the time, well, I guess Utrid, but it was like 15 minutes into the episode. And then yep. we get the second family death. And I was like, <laughs> this man is being put through it all. I feel so terrible for him, especially because I definitely liked Ragnar more than his original father. Not that I disliked his father, but I just love the character Ragnar, the ability yep. that he was just, he was so loving, even though he was a, like a mass murderer, but like he was so loving to him <laughs> and he was just such a great father for him. And I was so happy and I was really thinking this was going to be it. And it wasn't like they, the fire started <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, they're going to like, they'll get an escape somehow. I didn't really expect them to die and they did. So fuck me. I'll tell you what, three honorable deaths from Raven, Mrs. Ragnarsson, and Ragnar. That was what I also Ravenson? Ra- what are you saying? <laughs> Ravenson. <laughs> if you are someone's no son, you are something, son. Ragnar, yeah, Ragnar, son. Ragnar Ravenson. That's literally what it <laughs> is. Dave, that's why was like, why are you having so much trouble with the names? It says son right at the end of the last <laughs> name. Yeah, there you go. Um, but no, he goes out in a blaze of glory, literal blaze of glory. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, the wife is just like, I can burn to death or they'll take me as a slave. Do it up, Ragnar. Nod, look of approval. Boom. None of that Daenerys, Jon Snow, teary shit. <laughs> Peace, Mrs. Ragnarsson. And then uh, Raven. Yeah, he got arrowed to the chest, snapped it off, was just like, I'll meet you in Valhalla. Peace. Yeah. Dude. Three for three. Ragnar's death was to me. That was my favorite part of the whole episode was him just saying, fuck it. Just slow walks out of the door on fire. fire. out Like four of them while screaming the whole time. That was awesome. I did not expect yeah. him to be on fire when he kicked open the door. To be honest. It's funny how that works, man, because it was, literally it was a little funny. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing out of this entire episode that was like a little theatrical over the top, but it was awesome. So, like, yeah, I mean, was. literally. But he's sitting there and the whole thing is burning down and you're sitting there watching. You're like, dude, he should be burning up right now. And then he opens the door and he's on fire. (laughs) I feel pretty okay with it because on the rewatch, I was looking out for it. I was just like, how is this dude like in actual flames? And like his nightgown dragged across like a little flame as he was like several feet away from the door that could like risen up. And he 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 was just screaming through it with the adrenaline. I'm OK with that. Yeah. The physics yeah. of it made just enough sense. <laughs> you have to assume. So what does he do? He takes his sword and what does he put on? Dude. Yeah, he puts on his helmet. So you just have to assume that the nightgown burns up and he's butt ass naked with a helmet and a sword just wrecking dudes. Mm hmm. Now he's got that chainmail to cover up everything, so don't worry. He, he wasn't wearing that shit, so, dude. Is there any? Maybe we'll get this more going forward, or maybe this isn't the kind of culture that does it. But is there a structure past? Like, is Abba the the king? So okay, you will find out more, but you have to assume from the first episode that when the deal is going down, Raven says to Utra that. Ragnar is going to be selling Uhtred, but Ubba gets more than 50% of it. And that's just how it works. So for now, you have to, you know, that Ubba's the big dog okay. out of their clans. And also, he's the one who decided for them to go to war. And is Ragnar, is he just respected or is he his title like a number two? His title was Earl. So yeah. I think he has the domain of Leeds and he is the Earl of Leeds or Loitus, I think they call it. Yeah, you'll it. find out more, okay. definitely. But as of now, the biggest dog you've seen is Abba. Okay. I was just curious of what Ragnar's place is because I wanted to know like how devastating of a death is this to the actual Dane. It's pretty culture. Okay. Uh, you'll find that it's devastating to them personally. And I will say to the culture, I mean, like even like widespread, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like if Abba died, that would be a huge fucking deal, right? More, more yes. so. Okay. Yeah. Right. All right, cool. One last thing about the uh, the deaths of uh, Ragnar and his family. 
there's just something about someone saying see you in Valhalla that just like makes me want to just put up my head through a fucking wall. <laughs> I'm just like, let's fucking go to Valhalla, baby. I don't I'll care. meet you there. Yeah, it's, it's so, so cool. It's so hype. So our boy Utrid, he was making sweet love to Brita instead of getting lit up. But, you know, Ragnar was the one who told him to go do it. Does this I mean, show do nudity or no? It does. I wish okay. Paul was on the app. He would have Mr. Skins, got, the timestamp and everything. Well, I'll we tell you what. No nudity. In the in the time skip scene, Ragnar pushes him into the river, and then when he whips his hair up, he's yeah. like grown up. And they just showed his back. I saw the long hair, and I gotta I gotta admit, I was a little confused for a hot second there. <laughs> and then being back, I was just like, Nah, that's guy butt. I thought, that but was I was into it too. before I knew. What's that all about? I don't know. Maybe I he's totally becoming a little private. <laughs> these podcasts up. Is that is this freaking Paul's sexiest scene without Paul? No, no Paul's sexiest no, no, scene no, no, is no. the uh, definitely the the, b- the bang. banging. Yeah, the b- 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 bang. You can tell Uhtred and Brita obviously have that connection from the very start of the episode when they bond over being the two slaves that are taken, and he holds her hand at the end of all the carnage. And then you see, as the time jumps, you see that they're like flirting and and joking mm-hmm. around, and they're very close. But it's important to Uhtred's character and to what you see so far about his personality that when Ragnar says you should marry Brita, a lot of people are asking about her. He says, well, to be a Dane, I thought I needed to marry a Dane. And that's when Ragnar has to say, I love you just as much as I love young Ragnar. You know, so he has been fighting and he has he wants the respect and he wants to be a part of something. You know, he didn't have that family. He didn't feel it when he was younger. Mm -hmm. So he does end up going for the girl, you know, going for Brita, but he needed Ragnar to say that to him first. Yeah, I don't know if it's weird to marry Tyra. Would that be like him marrying his sister or would that just be legitimizing him as a Dane? Because I feel like that's still kind of on the table, too. Like in the future? Or are you saying like, yeah, it, like it in the future? The because I, I don't know. I mean, I don't they're know. technically it, not blood, but they would have grown up as brother and sister. So, yeah, I don't know how that would how that I just, would work. And I'm I just feel to like this episode anything. tried to paint it out where there's it, it seems like a layup for him to just marry Brita, which makes me think it's not going to be like that. Right. And also, it doesn't seem like he like they were laughing when they were hooking up. That kind of makes it more to believe like they're just trying this out. I don't know. Honestly, I really can't tell. I, I thought they started laughing because it might have been both their first time. It went in. They were like, oh. Yeah, that's what that's, that's all what about. Dude, I thought I literally this is the took it. Sex I've been hearing about. <laughs> I honestly took it like premature ejaculation laugh. Like uh, he like kind of oh, puts it yeah, in. I there. thought that too. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Damn, I guess we took that three different ways. Well, how did you take yeah. that, Dave? What was that laugh? I don't even. I don't. I can't follow up with anything. I don't. We'll, I didn't we'll, think of we'll have Paul watch and he'll give us the expertise on yeah. it. Yeah, seriously. So we have Uhtred and Brita, and we were talking about. The lovemaking, but of course that leads to the fact that they stay alive and they do try to help, but they were kind of cornered. So they had to go the long way and they didn't get there in time. And Uhtred sees his pretty much adopted father die in front of him, blaze of glory, but literally dies in front of him. And he wants to jump in there and start killing and Brita stops him. Then, you know, they're they're eyeing up the camp after while they're trying to collect the swords, look for the loot, look for the, the hidden treasure, pretty much. And I thought it was really cool how they both know that they weren't going to find it and how they show us they get to it. But before that, Utrid sees Scallion, the guy who's been around since the very, very beginning of this episode, who's who's on the uncle's side, basically plotting against you know, the, the uncle's the bad guy. And he mm-hmm. and he was plotting against both his brother and young Uhtred, basically saying that if my brother falls in the war or in the battle, young Uhtred has to die as well. Scallion's mm-hmm. the one who has to is trying to make this happen. And he's the one that is part of this alliance with Kjartan, Sven and Alfred. Right. Yeah. How do you say Alfred? Alfred. Yeah. yeah. So Brita can't stop our boy Uhtred from making this kill. And it's a sweet kill. Yeah. yeah, I was definitely a little <laughs> frustrated, but B. Thomas, you said it best. It, it kind of highlighted Brita as having a logical uh, mind, you know, like she's not she's not yeah. controlled by emotions at all. So it's fine that Uhtred is because I feel like that needs to be him, at least in the beginning of the show. Like that's just the time period and what we're going to have to deal with of him being a little hot headed. But it also made sense because the more you think about it, Scallion's the only one that 
maybe would have recognized him because if everyone else is banished, why can't he just walk around? There was enough people he pretty there. much did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's enough people there that he kind of would have gotten lost in just like the background. And he did. He was like avoiding eye contact to shit. But my only question is, do you think Sven would have recognized him? I, I was just about to make the comment that I just feel like he would have been like, that's a definitely a familiar face. Like, I think yeah. the, the familiarity of his face would have made him approach him. And then slowly the details would have, I think, come out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I you mean, have to assume it's like somebody you went to elementary school with and then they're in high school or college. And you would be like, oh, they look older, but I recognize and them. Especially you know I mean? if, and especially if that person, especially if that person was responsible for you losing your eye. So, yeah yeah and i but i do like the i like this kill personally it i was getting a lot of assassin creed vibes like he rushes in and then as soon as the soldiers turn around he's like kind of like looking away you know it's like when, he's, mm-hmm. when you blend into the white yeah. <laughs> and everything so i was getting assassin yeah. creed vibes. it was exactly that because he even yeah. does the whole like knife through the neck thing yeah yeah yep, yep. he always does and yeah. you remember me you remember me yeah, yeah it's me <laughs> i love it's me i got long freaking awesome hair now but i'm still young utrid i love when characters can get there like at least revenge in some way like yeah. that it's just i would be saying the same thing it's like look me in the fucking eyes as i'm yeah. you right now <laughs> now you also have to give tyra some props we did talk about this i mean it has to be devastating for her to know that scene with sven is awful you know she's probably traumatized in the first place as a little kid when it came to sven now yeah. she knows that she's probably going to be some kind of a slave to him for like you said, Luke, however long it's going to be, 10, 20, however long it is. No, no, no. One episode. She's going to get her savior next episode. Yeah, she's back. (laughs) She's good. But it's awful. She sees Uhtred. She could have screamed for him and blew his cover, but she still held it in. And she's she made sure that he did what he needed to do. And, and you know, obviously he didn't see her. And then as she's being taken away, she can't see him anymore. But I mean, she was smart enough and brave enough as you know ragnar's daughter not to scream for utrid and blow his cover and have him be killed and be part of this whole problem yeah it's either they both get killed or she just gets tortured kind of thing and it's just it sucks i really feel for her and i'm really not looking forward to see where her story goes these next few episodes yeah she's kind of unfortunately got the sansa parallel and sven's looking a little ramsey-ish so she's even got the red hair it's unfortunate also (laughs) isn't westeros modeled after the uk like slightly yeah Mm -hmm. the parallels are just so obvious between game of thrones it's fun to find them but yeah it's uh, it sucks to be tyra i don't know her if she yells for him, he's going to die. Her only hope of being rescued. He's like the only person with the means and like the perception of her to care enough to rescue her. Well, her brother, so, but he's not around. Oh, right I'm now. sorry. I completely yeah. forgot about yeah. Ragnar. You're but right. That's, You're right. That's the thing. And that's the other thing we need to talk about here. Like early on when he's young, quote unquote, we have young Uhtred and, a, you know, it's going it's, to it's Ragnar and he's probably 18 or whatever he is when Uhtred's young. He says, I'm about to go to Ireland to plunder and get my wealth you're obviously noticing that he's not there he's not there during this he's doing his own thing we don't know what his deal is but going back to what i said early in the pod about writing things down messengers this and that like how is ragnar gonna find out that his sister's even alive still you know how does he gonna know the truth of what even happened of his family that's the point of utrid and brita that's the only people that can be like listen this is what happened I'm hoping Brita just sees uh, Tyra just leaving the camp with them as a prisoner. And that's like, because otherwise you're right. Like if no one sees her leaving that camp with uh, the Vikings, like she's, she's just lost in history at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. That also just breeds potential for fucking all the Danes to just turn on them. Because why would you, they are Saxons. Technically you could just totally just be like, yo, why are we trusting you? Like every day, every Dane coincidentally died except for you two. Like the only Saxons in the camp. Like why would we trust mm, you? Right. Who were also slaves at one point? Oh That's my god, true. dude! I, I don't want to deal with a. I don't want to <laughs> deal with a fake loyalty oh test of Utrid. God damn it! That's probably where we're going, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. been. Em- you're right. They've been emphasizing the shit out of the messengers and like. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm hooked. I like I said, I'm gonna well, I'll save it for the end. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So to end this episode, Utra basically says, I got some shit to do. Mm. He takes Scallion's head, brings it to Bevenberg, looks his uncle in the eye, throws the damn head down. We get the nice flash at the very beginning of the episode with his brother, and he says, I'm I'm taking this shit, homie. Mm-hmm. 
I'm uh, left to think, what do these people not have bows and arrows? Uh, that, dude, like, I was going to say this. Why not just in this scene? Of course, the first scene when this originally happens, like that dude drops the original the down, yeah. Uhtred down. Why are you not just shoot him with arrows? Like, it's not like you're holding to like the, the messenger, like safety kind of thing here. Like he's dropping the prince's or the heir's head on your doorstep and they're right there. Just kill Ragnar was my initial thought. And then when it happens again, I'm like, dude, fucking learn, put some goddamn bows and arrows on the battalions and just <laughs> that's it. You know, I was thinking the same thing during the battle. Like when well, they were, yeah, the battle yards, too. Do they not like, have them? The bow and arrows. When did they get that? <laughs> they do now. They yeah, say something about bows and arrows in the, during the episode at some point. I remember they do say something. They're invented. I, assume I mean, must yeah. Be. <laughs> yeah, you have to assume. I assumed it was just wartime etiquette, but you're right. That goes out the door when your son's decapitated head gets thrown on your doorstep. Yeah. In the second instance, the uncle immediately says, like, get the horses. So he was planning to chase after Uhtred. So, like, mm-hmm. I get that. Uh, I mean, also, the deal, the deal is with the first one that is that the dad Uhtred is assuming that the Danes are going to plunder and move on and then they are going to meet with the other kings to fight them so if you would just take out ragnar who uh, you don't i don't you don't know he's the big dog but if you take out ragnar the danes are attacking you full-on specifically your fortress yeah so maybe that was why they didn't do that and, and then i would have to just guess that you know they weren't expecting utra to show up i mean you usually would have like guards with those keeping watch but you know Soon as, he, as soon as the uncle sees it's Uhtred, he'd be like, damn, baby, that's yeah, what I've been right? waiting for. Let me freaking <laughs> shoot him down. I'm guessing. I'm hoping. But it's a badass that, scene when he looks him in the eyes, though. I want episode two to start directly after this episode. Like, I don't want to skip because I need to know at some level how he gets away. Like, I don't want it to just be like, all right, he's safe. Right. So I hope that picks up exactly where we left off from end of one. All right, guys. Well. I was so happy to bring this to you. It seems like we have a lot of good talks going on. I just want to say that the battle scene that you saw, the characters that we came to love early on and then were killed off in front of us only within what episode are my reasoning why I wanted to bring this show to you guys and the reasoning why I think that this show is really good. You're going to have a lot of awesome characters, a lot of deep characters, a lot of realistic battle scenes a lot of realistic historical types of either whether it's conversations struggles battles everything like that think game of thrones but also remember there's no fantasy to it and remember that it is going to be more real Mm -hmm. tell me what you guys think are you in are you out what's the deal I'll start uh, binge immediately. That's my response. Um, Because we have the three options of binge immediately, uh, put it on the list, or fuck it. Um, I'm definitely going to (laughs) binge this right away. I'm literally in that point of time where I have no shows. I I just got hooked immediately onto these characters and the the plot points of what's going on here. I love the idea of it being historical fiction. I didn't actually know that until you guys brought it up uh, earlier in the pod. So that makes me even love it more because it's just it just combines genre and realism and i'm just so excited to get into it definitely binging this this is going to be this next show i'm starting okay yeah based on the quality of it it's a binge right away i i don't want to do the caveat of oh I'll put it on the list right at the top just because i'm annoying in the way that i watch tv shows <laughs> i don't know if Please. i have the facilities to just sit down and binge it right away but based on the quality of the show it, it certainly falls under that category uh, it's been a very long time since like I, I had a pilot episode just reach out and grab me the way that this did. I disagreed with Dave in the sense that I thought the pacing was right on point for how much they had to get through in this pilot episode. They spent an appropriate amount of time establishing his Saxon background, time skip, established also his Danish roots too. We got to meet Ragnar and the Ragnar sons, uh, and then they killed them both off. They said it couldn't be done. Two family massacres, one episode, and it's the pilot episode. Mm-hmm. I, I I really, really enjoyed it. I'm not like a history buff, but I do find it really interesting. This show is, I, I'm really into it, Jim. Th- thank you for presenting this. I And I think it was a really strong pilot. 
and I was just gushing over the battle sequence. It's it's one of the best battle sequences I've ever seen. And I'm I'm hoping, excuse me, I'm hoping that's not the last battle sequence like that that we get. And I don't think it's going to disappoint. Yeah, I'm right there. Uh, I'm binge, and this will be a show that I probably start like literally binging within the, this week. Um, that's my the boys. best thing about Pitchtown, man, is when it when it just aligns closely with your own self-interest and this show specifically and the expanse are just things i've been waiting forever to selfishly make myself have a reason to start so i was going in thinking that there was a high probability that i would be all in for the show like i said my dad just preaches it it's probably his favorite show he's watched over like the last couple of years it's incredible i can't wait to see more of utrid's actor and like some of the side characters that were built up like i keep saying young ragnar seems like he's going to be really fun to to follow and watch their disputes and see how that works out. But this was awesome, Jimmy. I can't wait to keep going. And the fact that it's like eight episodes, all net, all on Netflix, besides the newest season, so consumable. This is going to be a good couple of weeks as we plow through this. And I don't want to commit to it now, but this show has potential. If we like it enough collectively as a group, we can definitely do season recaps. Um, but I don't want to speak for the, for the whole group. We'll feel it out as we go along. Facebook, Reddit, guys, let us know if you want us to cover some more. I mean, one more thing that I want to say to the Wheel Time homies is that one of the main characters, you have not met him yet, but one of the awesome main characters that you will meet in this show has been cast for Wheel of Time season two. Ah, And I was very, very freaking excited to hear about that. So That's awesome. So I'm going to binge immediately, too, because <laughs> season five is coming and I can't wait. So I'm going to hopefully time it right so I can binge. And and we really don't know when it's coming there. I just saw something on the Facebook group that someone said maybe February. I don't think that's going to happen just because it doesn't seem like there's no trailer. There's nothing that makes it seem like it would be that quick. But hopefully it is pretty quick because I want to time it with a nice binge right into this uh, season five finale. And then hopefully we get a movie. And for but, those keeping track at home, this is the first sweep of binges for any Pitchtown show so let's far. Let's go! Wow, Jimmy, congrats the to you. The OA was Hell nice. yeah. I've been saving this one, man. We were close yeah, to the, the OA because Dave Dave was stuck in between binge and add it to the list. But when he did give his description of the OA, he it was the thing that B-Toms hates is add it to the top of the list. Yeah. <laughs> but then we proceeded to make you binge it anyway because we covered all that. So yeah. check out the coverage yeah. for the OA if you haven't listened to that yet. All right, guys, that's it. So, again, this is our Pitchtown series. If you like what you heard with this Pitchtown, we did Winona Earp, the OA, Outlander. Manifest is coming next week. Brian, are we allowed to say who the, our special guest is, or should we, should yes, we hold that? Yes, the special guest is going to be my girlfriend, Emma, if that Woo. is a draw for the listeners. It, it, it actually... Her- triumphant debut to the pod and i heard some very good things i was not on it but i'm excited to hear this one i am going to be participating as someone this week watching the pilot and then listening to the episode so i'm very excited for that so guys if you want to take part all you have to do is watch the episode this week and get ready for next week when the episode comes out you can hit us up if you want to hit us up on instagram twitter email whatever it is let us know what you thought do you did you want to binge immediately do you want to add it to the list or were you done with that shit? Let us freaking know. Um, but if you like what you heard, guys, check us out at BingetownTV.com, social media, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at TV. We now have a Patreon if you guys want to support the pod. We have two tiers. The first tier is if you guys just want to give us a little support. It, just a couple bucks our way just because you love the pod. We appreciate it. But the other tier is where all the exclusive content comes in, just $5 a month exclusive podcast episodes exclusive interviews exclusive interview video on cut a lot of cool stuff a lot more stuff is coming on to the patreon very soon so that is patreon.com slash tv you can find that on our website as well once again we are bingetown tv and thank you so much for listening you're listening to the geekscape network 